The future of orthodontics is evolving and changing every day. But although the way to achieve practice growth has changed, there's never been a better time to be an orthodontist. Let's get into the minds of industry leaders, forward-thinking orthodontists, and technology insiders to learn how they see the future of the orthodontic specialty. How will digital orthodontics, artificial intelligence, clear aligner therapy, remote monitoring, in-house printing, and other innovations change the way you practice? Join your hosts, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein each month as they bring you insights, tips, and guest interviews focused on helping you capitalize on the opportunities for practice growth. And now, welcome to the golden age of orthodontics with the co-founders of People and Practice, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein. Welcome to the golden age of orthodontics. I'm Amy Epstein. I have an MBA in marketing and 20 years of marketing communication experience. About 10 years ago, my dad said to me, I think we need to join up and help orthodontists to get more visibility for their practice and get more patients. And I said, leave me alone. I'm finishing an MBA, so talk to me in a little while. Um, but shortly thereafter, we joined up and started People in Practice, and the rest is history. And I am Leon Klempner. I am a board-certified, retired orthodontist. I'm currently teaching at Harvard. Um, and in case you were not paying enough attention, we have a new podcast name. And we've reframed it from the survival guide for orthodontists to the golden age of orthodontics. So that change uh, has probably been a long time coming when we first got together and decided to put the podcast uh, into action. That really was the way that we were looking at things. Let's help orthodontists to make it through tough times and um, give them the tools they need uh, or share some of the ideas we have to help orthodontists to survive. and. You know, since then, a lot has changed, and there's so much technology out there. There's so, both from a marketing perspective and from a practicing perspective, a clinical perspective, that it's really no longer, and, and the market has grown so much, um, that it's really not about surviving anymore, it's thriving. Uh, and so everything we do really is to help orthodontists to capitalize on the opportunities out there with technology, with communications, um, that it's really the golden age. And we sign off that way. We figured, you know what, that's going to be the name of our new uh, podcast webcast. So welcome to the golden age of orthodontics. And today we're thrilled to have Dr. Adam Schulhoff back with us. Adam is the founder and CEO of Grin. Grin is a comprehensive remote orthodontic solution that keeps professionals in the treatment loop. As CEO, Adam guides Grin's orthodontic vision, oversees appliance creation, and spearheads all of the industry partnerships that Grin has. Before establishing Grin, Adam founded two businesses, uh, Kinder Smiles and the Schulhoff Center, and these practices specialized in lingual braces, clear aligner therapy, and other custom orthodontic treatments. In addition to Grin, if that wasn't enough, Adam serves as clinical instructor and gives lectures worldwide. He holds multiple orthodontic patents and is co-creator of the 3M Incognito light appliance system for lingual braces. 
Adam earned his DMD from the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey and a DMD in orthodontics from the Columbia University of Dental Medicine. Welcome to the webcast, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. Excited to be back. So why not, um, you know, you've been on the podcast before, why not start by reminding us about your story and how Grin came to be? I would love to, but even before I do, I did want to comment on your renaming and the golden age of orthodontics because I'm really appreciative of the fact that you guys are looking at this as the golden age. It's interesting if you spoke to most of my colleagues, if they would in fact agree or not. And I believe like you do, that this really is the golden age because I look at everything happening on the market and the innovation, which is gonna loop in with the Grin story. And I look at it all as tremendous opportunity, but it's something that would be, would make for another amazing podcast, just talking to a panel of a couple of orthodontists, maybe across the United States and see how they see the market today. Because I always hear from them, oh, this isn't the golden age anymore. You know, like they point to Leon and say, oh, he had it easy, but we today, it's so much more difficult. Um, so, but I love the fact that you guys have really, you know, taken that upon yourselves as, as the name, because I believe it too. There is a ton of opportunity and a lot of the things in the market today that orthodontists may see as challenges, I know that we see as opportunity. And to that, that's kind of how Grin came to be. And so, you know, I'm going to kind of rewind to 2015. I'm an orthodontist with, as you mentioned, two practices at the time, North New Jersey, suburb of New York City, and one on the Upper East Side in New York City. And my Upper East Side practice is actually primarily adult. As you mentioned, I did a lot of lingual orthodontics, clear aligner, so aesthetic treatment options, as we called it. Um, back then, I was also you know, kind of trying to jump the category, not just from aesthetics, but customized treatment options. The lingual appliances that I was using were completely custom per patient. Clear aligners, as we know, are completely custom per patient. So it was also building in a lot of that value prop for patients. And as we do this rewind to 2015, we all know about the DTC companies that had hit the market around that time. And many of them had their flagship initial stores or scan shops as they called it in New York City. And so my practice was the lucky recipient to many, many patients that had gone through DTC and obviously came out the other end less than satisfied. If they were to then Google New York City orthodontics or New York City adult orthodontics, they would end up very, very frequently in my chair. And as I was talking to these patients, I was trying to, it wasn't so much about, oh, DTC is terrible. It was more about, I would love to understand what went through your mind when you decided, yeah, I could try orthodontics without a doctor from home, basically, right? And time and time and time again, across the board, every single patient really talked about some variation of convenience. You know, the narrative out there in the market is that if you want to go to an orthodontist, it's two years of treatment with metal braces and you've got to go in every month. 
And it's a narrative that's also propagated by the DTC companies so that they can kind of create their own narrative around what they aren't. And unfortunately, that had resonated with a lot of these patients, and they looked at it as, I don't have the time in my life to do orthodontics the traditional way. And so I started wrapping my mind around how can we potentially, A, do this better, where we're not just innovating from the perspective of the appliance system, right? So it's not just about the cool new bracket or the cool new clear aligner, but rather how do we innovate around the patient journey, the patient experience? And then even elevating that, how do we then get to that consumer before they actually unfortunately make the mistake to go to DTC. So this is really where my mind was stewing, where we came up with the foundation for what is Grin today. So that's interesting, Adam. And and let me congratulate you because, you know, being a full-time orthodontist is a full-time job. So the fact that you had the energy and the uh, initiative to 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 develop Grin. Um, yeah, my hat is definitely off to you. Um, and as orthodontists, we're data driven, right? We I mean a half a millimeter off on a maxillary midline, and we lose sleep. Um, unfortunately, that's that's just the way we are. So when I came into this marketing world, um, I'm, I was always looking for okay, how, what do we measure here? How how can we tell how effective we are? And we encourage our marketing clients to look at a, a very often overlooked metric of value per visit um, and how important that is in terms of evaluating their fees. And value per visit, for those of you that are unaware, is what your total fee is divided by the number of visits. So you get a, a dollar amount. Um, so as a remote monitoring technology, I would imagine Grin would agree that this is an important KPI. So tell me a little bit about Grin's perspective on VPB. Fantastic, and I love the way that you're, you're looking at it. And it's interesting because when we speak to our colleagues, right, so they are data-driven from the perspective of the millimeters in the mouth, right? Class one, two, three, where, where is this canine sitting? But at the same time, when we start talking about how they're running their business, and what KPIs they're looking at to understand, A, how successful they are, how profitable they are. And, you know, it, it's interesting that many of our own colleagues look at success as how many chairs am I running on a given day, <laughs> right? When in fact, if we were to ask anybody outside of the industry, they would be talking the way you are. It's not about how many chairs you're running. It's about how many patients you have in the chair. What does that chair time cost you? How profitable is that chair time? And then what are you charging per case? And in fact, this is what I find sometimes is difficult to, to, you know, to alter in the minds of some of our colleagues is that when we're, when we're starting to think about the patient journey and when we're trying to, A, give the patient a much more convenient journey, we're ultimately changing the way we have been practicing for 50 years. But this isn't the kind of change that's detrimental, A, to their health, right, and to their orthodontic outcome, and B, to the practice. It's actually tremendously valuable to the practice when we put it in the terms that you just laid out, right? And just to make it simple, if I have a $5,000 fee, but I see this patient 20 times, 
versus I have a $5,000 fee and I see this patient 10 times, which scenario is going to yield you better profitability, right? That, when, when, you, when you couch it in the right terms, doctors get that. And so when we're looking at things like remote monitoring solutions and the ability to see the patient less, right away, sometimes bells are going off in doctors' minds. Oh, what do you mean I'm seeing them less? I'm not taking care of them. No, no, no. Actually, you're taking care of them perhaps even in a better way because remotely you'll actually see them more. They don't have to come in and waste your chair time for you to change colors perhaps or just take a peek and say, oh yeah, you got to wear your rubber bands better, right? And it, it, it is astounding how sometimes our colleagues aren't understanding or looking at their bottom line and understanding what does that chair time truly cost you, right? So you're looking at it on the positive side from profitability per visit based on a given case, right? Also think about it from the perspective of overhead. How many orthodontists in a given room when I've been lecturing and I've asked the question, who knows what your chair time costs you? How many orthodontists actually raise their hand? And, you know, over the last couple of years, it's trending to more and more orthodontist understanding. But on average, across the United States, of course, chair times are different, but we're looking somewhere from $185 to $215 on average. So let's say, let's say $200 of chair time per hour. And it's costing the orthodontist $200 to see this patient in the chair, take a peek in their mouth and say, dude, you got to wear your rubber bands better, right? And when you start thinking about it from those terms and you say, is there a better way? Can I have done this from home, number one? Can I, have do- can I have done this instead of the once every six or eight weeks, actually monthly from home so that there's a little bit more oversight, more responsibility? I don't have to bring this patient into my chair, which costs me money in order to do so. My profitability is increasing because I'm reducing the amount of times I'm bringing the patient in for that same fee. Not to mention the fact that now there is an actual legal document, right, whether it's video or chat across the platform that is maintained across treatment where we have discussed elastic wear with the patient, right? There's a little bit of a concept of, hey, maybe this is also living on mom's phone so mom gets to see it too. So that when mom comes to us when we have scheduled for 18 months of treatment and now it's 23 because little Johnny hasn't worn his elastics and mom's like, how come it's taking so long? And the assistants respond, well, Johnny's not wearing their elastic. And mom's like, what do you mean? Nobody told me that, right? This never happens in anybody else's office, just mine, right? <laughs> but there's, there's just so many pieces to this where it's so clear once you start extrapolating the value per visit what our overhead is, and also the benefit to the patient that we have to start thinking about how we've been doing things in a little bit of a different way. Definitely. And, you know, from our perspective as marketers, the patient experience is what we promote. That's everything that we're able to do for practices is present to the target audience, the potential new patient, why is this practice different from other practices? And it is all about the patient experience. So even if you Absolutely. just take that one bit and go through the benefits there, you don't have to pull kids, if we're, t- if we're talking about kids, we don't have to pull them out of school 
the parents get visibility into what's happening. There's more frequency and accountability because of that frequency of communication, right? And then from adults, just circling back from to your original point about, I don't have time for this. This is why I went to direct to consumer. I don't have time for this and I can't build this into my life. Well, you know, if anything about the working from home situation has told us is we can build anything into our lives if we can save time on other things. So not commuting into the office and taking the time to sit there, wait in the waiting room, the whole thing adds up to a really wonderful value proposition that's differentiated from most of what uh, the competition in your area probably was offering to their patients. And, and if and, I could and, just and, interrupt, jump in sure. for a second, Adam, um, you know, pay attention, paying attention to the, the patient experience allows us now to open up to a group that typically we've been locked out of which is the group that is has been activated by $300 million in ad spend by direct-to-consumer companies and, and Align that have, have really amped people up to get their teeth straight, you know? But they're not coming to orthodontists. I mean, what sense does that make? We, we're, we're all fighting over 5 million and there's 95 million out there that could benefit. So. You're right on point with that. You're, you're talking my language, and, and I say it to my colleagues all the time. You know, no, seriously, like, we, we talk these days now, oftentimes when I'm talking to other orthodontic CEOs, especially, you know, of note, John Pham of Embrace, he's the one that was the first within orthodontics to talk about red ocean and blue ocean, right? Orthodontists tend to fight in the red ocean, and you're fighting and fighting and fighting under this tiny little piece of the pie, and if anything, what direct-to-consumer has come and showed us is that, guys, there's, this is this tiny little wedge of the pie. There's an entire pie out there that you're not even touching. And, you know, I love that, that you just talked about the mom and the, and the patient experience because I oftentimes also talk to my colleagues about how we as orthodontists pat ourselves on the back. When we got the patient in and out of the chair in five minutes, right? We, we quickly changed their ties. Look, mom, we bring the patient back to the waiting room. We did a phenomenal job. You know, little Johnny's in and out in five minutes and the mom's fuming because mom just had to fight traffic for 45 minutes, look for a parking space, get Johnny out of school all for five minutes. And she's like, are you kidding me? Did I need to come in for this, right? And so all of these pieces are really interacting with each other where the patient experience of 50 years ago, which unfortunately we're still utilizing today, needs to change. And this is where DTC has, has been allowed by us to get this toehold into this massive pie that we're not even looking at. Mm -hmm. So let's go deeper a little bit and talk about, so we're, we're convincing everybody who's listening that this is a good idea. Um, Let's talk about the barriers to entry, uh, you know, in terms of implementing GRIN into a traditional orthodontic practice to capitalize on some of this market that's been opened. What's the workflow like? Uh, I, well, fantastic question, because honestly, the barrier to entry all exists in the orthodontist mind. <laughs> you know, 
as soon as we start talking about, wait a minute, it's a new workflow, Orthodon's like, oh, I don't have time for this. You know, it's summertime now. It's my busiest time of the year. I have one assistant that called out. And there's almost every excuse in their minds not to do it. When in fact, the reality is, is that with an easy implementation, and I'll talk in a moment about what that consists of, we're actually answering for all of these barriers. Because in my practice, for example, when I have an assistant call out now, it doesn't stress me out in the least. I'm like, okay, cool, feel better, bye-bye. Because we're running a practice where so much of the practice is virtual, we have severely shrunk the amount of clinical chair time we need. And thus, you know, I didn't, I mean, you know, people talk about the plastic employee with, with aligners and you can really reduce the amount of employees you have. I haven't done so in today's marketplace with what's going on. You know, I want to keep all of my great employees. And so I keep them busy with many other things, including, you know, submitting digital cases and, and things like that. So I still keep my assistants, but I've gone from five chairs down to three chairs on a, on a clinical day. And so when we talk about barriers to entry, like I said, it's a mindset. Really what it takes is a 45 minute training process with the team. We have built Grin from the foundation up to make it simple. My goal was, and this is how I talked to the team from the very, very early days. A, I need something that will take less than an hour to train an orthodontic assistant to utilize. B, I need something that will take less than two minutes to train a seven-year-old, in other words, the patient on the other side, to utilize. And that was really how we built it foundationally. And so Grin is really based on a chat platform, number one, and that's the foundation of it because everybody knows how to utilize chat, even our younger patients, right? They're always iMessaging or DMing or all of the other things, right? And so it's simple and straightforward. So when it comes to implementation, it's really just talking to the team about, okay, this is what we're going to do going forward. A patient gets bonded, whether it's attachments or brackets and wires. And whereas our old method was we took five to 10 minutes to go over oral hygiene instructions, the no eats list, how to take care of your braces. We're actually going to utilize that same time period now to show the patient how to use GRIN. We actually download the app for them and then they take their first scan. And it's so impactful for this patient who just got the braces on and we don't realize how anxious some patients are. Oh, I just got braces on, I'm gonna leave the practice. I don't know exactly what to do. But the impact is when they take that scan and then on the chair side computer, they see it pop up in 15 seconds. And then the assistant quickly goes onto the computer and on grin and says, great job, Johnny looking awesome, great job on your scan. And then in five seconds, ping, it pings on their phone. They suddenly realize, and moms realize, wow, we're actually connected now with the practice, right? Reducing a ton of anxiety. That was all nice and easy. What we do in practice as well is we quickly take, so we have had all of our hygiene instructions, no eats, things like that. Our team made cute little short YouTube videos. We pull those YouTube videos into the Grin chat now the patient has it here. So not only is it a five-minute session where you're talking to the patient and then they forget, oh, I lost the no-eats list, I don't remember. It's there. It's in their grin chat. They can look at it anytime they need to, right? Same thing goes for a new toothbrush, right? Many practices give out a water pick or a toothbrush or whatever. 
we just click one button and we have a whole bunch of options for a patient to just go and buy toothbrushes that that we recommend, right? So it just streamlines that onboarding process from a perspective of we're taking away some of the need for this heavy instructs because it's all there. They're getting the grin instructs. And now we're setting up for them if they're brackets and wires, we set up for them Every 28 days, you're going to get a text message through Grin, and you're going to take a scan, and you're going to do it exactly as you did. If it's aligners, you're going to do it every, some doctors like one week, every two weeks, and this is what it's going to look like. And done. So it's all easily implemented within that same time frame of the initial bonding, whether it's attachments or brackets and wires visit. The patients come away every single time saying, the kids are saying, oh, this is cool. And moms are like, wow, we didn't have this when we were going through treatment. This is fantastic. Always very, very positive. Our MPS scores are through the roof, both our practice and grin. And really, we I think what was most impactful to me, I never realized how patients were anxious about what they need to do on their own from home, even when it comes to aligner changes. You know, Adam, back in the Adam, day- let, sure. let me jump in just for a second, because uh, because you're preaching to the choir here. And, but, you know, a, as a podcast host and as an orthodontist, I'm going to put you on the hot seat a little bit. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, if you followed the podcast or people in practice, uh, you, you know that we have been proponents of remote monitoring from the beginning years ago. So the, here's the question. Um, dental monitoring has been around for a long time. We have quite a number of our clients that are, are using it. Here comes Grin. Um, we don't have a lot of time. Give me a couple of bullet points of why they should consider Grin versus dental monitoring. Awesome. Great. Thank you for asking. Some people shy away from that, but to me, this, this is, you know, really, again, foundational. It comes back to what I just talked about, ease of use. All right. When, when dental monitoring first came on the scene, and again, I don't want to talk about it like that, but when other options came on the scene, it was very much not easy to use. And so when I talked to my team and I said, this has got to be so simple, um, that was key, right? User experience, user interface, trainability, et cetera. So when I talk about foundationally being based on a chat platform, there's a lot of other solutions out there that have so many bells and whistles that doctors aren't using, patients aren't using, and it complicates things. And when a consumer or a patient at home is feeling like there's too much there, they're just not going to utilize. So we needed something that the patients looked at as a communication platform versus a monitoring platform, right? The other platforms are built to be a monitoring platform. And, you know, like I said, heavy on bells and whistles. We designed our scope in such an impactful way that, as you know, our competitors actually copied our scope because it was, again, something that was simple to use versus anything else that was out on the market. And so some highlights are the ease of use, the ability for a six-year-old to pick it up off of the counter and know how to use it, the ability for our teams to implement with ease after 45 minutes of training max. It doesn't need two, three days of training. It's a quick hour. They get it very, very quickly. It's 45 minutes plus 15 minutes of, of Q&A, et cetera. Cost. 
I am an orthodontist, as you are. And as you know, we always look at ROI. Now, on the early portion of this podcast, we talked about the tremendous ROI when it comes to remote monitoring, right? So even at a higher expense of some of our competitors, it still makes sense, right? And I'm happy, honestly, if a doctor gets the concept of monitoring, even if they're not using us. But I wanted something that made enough sense for an ortho- financially for an orthodontist to implement across their practice where they're not picking and choosing. I'm going to monitor this patient. I'm not going to monitor that patient because that's when it's not systemic. It, it's not across the systems. It's not across the practice. It's not part of the culture of the practice. And so we needed to create a price point where it was relatively negligible and an orthodontist understood that this isn't a one-off, oh, I'm going to use it for patients that go to college or patients in aligners, but not patients in brackets always. No, no, no. This is what patients want. This is how they interact with the rest of their lives. This is how the practice now exists and interacts with patients. And so cost, price point was a very, very important piece of that. On top of that, There's a lot of talk around AI. We are building out our AI to make sure that it truly does work. As with everything, what we are learning now that we're years into AI is that AI is fantastic when it works. But when it doesn't work, unfortunately, if we're letting that AI go unchecked and letting the AI talk directly to patients, there could be problems. And so Grin is layered what we call responsible AI because we're pairing it with HI, human intelligence. And so at the AAO, and you're going to hear it first here, we are releasing our HI and our HI, our human intelligence, is a team of specifically orthodontic assistants that have been in practices over 20 years that can become a virtual assistant for the practice and really take this upon themselves. And so we're layering on functionality here where even for those doctors, we talked before about barrier, who say, oh, this is going to be too much in the beginning to implement. I understand it's going to really reduce my clinical load. So eventually it'll be easy and this makes sense. But what about in the beginning? Okay, we've got a solution for that. We have an amazing HI team. They're going to work with you to take all of this off of your plate. And so when we're talking about those bullet points again, HI versus AI, HI is going to be able to take everything off of your plate. AI is not. And so, again, coming from the perspective of I run my own practice, I'm trying to make certain from every angle that this is something that will work across every practice. That's great. Uh, appreciate the comparison and and look forward to hearing more at the AAO. Um, as we typically do on our webcast, our podcast, we invite callers to ask questions, and we have a caller right now. Hi, Adam. This is Brian Bosnack from Bosnack Orthodontics in New Jersey. Here's my question. Adam, with the rapidly changing business environment, where do you see our orthodontic industry five years from now? Fantastic question, Bosnack. Uh, and, I, you know, by the way, guys, I call him Bosnack because what you don't know, and I love that you got Brian Bosnack to call him, he was my big brother at Columbia, right? So, you know, in residency, you're paired with a, with a big brother or a big sister. Brian was my big brother. So fantastic to That's hear his great. voice and to hear from him. Yeah, I love that question. He- he says he taught you yeah. everything that you know, just so you know. Of course he does. <laughs> and he, you know what? He actually, he had a very, very strong hand in it. So I've got to give him credit and I definitely appreciate Brian. Um, so a- amazing question. You know, the three of us in this room, 
that are in agreement that this is the golden age in orthodontics probably have a different answer to this question than many other orthodontists, right? So when we talk about where are we going to be in five years, I have heard a lot of orthodontists talk about there's not going to be a specialty anymore, right? With everything with DTC and general dentists doing orthodontics, we're, you know, we're going to go the way of, of prosto. I actually have a very different view of this. And yes, it's contingent upon the fact that a lot of the innovation coming out now needs to be adopted. And, you know, I know that a lot of legacy orthodontic practices are slow to adopt. But if, in fact, these solutions, such as GRIN and many others, are adopted, I think the orthodontic practice of five years from now is actually going to be more profitable, more streamlined, with happier patients. It's no longer going to be, though, the behemoth practices of 12 plus chairs, and that's how we look at a successful practice. Actually, with all of these new technologies, we're going to be able to treat a larger population of patients on fewer chairs and at the same time be more profitable. So that's really my vision of five years from now. And I do believe that as more and more orthodontists are adopting this mindset, we can definitely make that happen. Adam, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you joining us. Um, if our listeners want to learn more about you and Grin, what's the best way to reach you? Well, firstly, thank you guys so much. Always appreciate talking to you guys. And you're so forward thinking, and I love that. Um, so I, uh, I, would I would point all of our listeners to www.get-grin.com. So get-grin.com, you'll be able to connect it with uh, um, anyone on my team, get on our Calendly so that we can walk you through a demo, show you exactly what Grin is, talk about how valuable this can be in your practice. If anybody wants to get in touch with me personally, adam at get-grin.com, would love to talk to you. That sounds good. Well, look forward to seeing you at the AAO and look forward to having you join us again on the Golden Age of Orthodontics uh, podcast. Thanks, Adam. Thank you guys so much. This episode is sponsored by ULAB Systems. ULAB's AI-assisted treatment planning, custom packaging services, and per-aligner pricing strategy perfectly complement our marketing, patient acquisition, and technology solutions. We are closely aligned with ULAB philosophically as well, as we're both dedicated to the orthodontic specialty. Yeah, we're really pleased and, and happy to welcome ULAB as a sponsor of the golden age of orthodontics. You can subscribe or download other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate you telling a colleague for more information about people in practice, you can sign up for our free marketing newsletter at pplpractice.com. Thank you for watching and or listening. And if you'd like any more information about uh, marketing services and technology that we do, shoot me an email at leon at pplpractice.com. Remember, it's never been a better time to be an orthodontist and we are in the golden age. So long for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Golden Age of Orthodontics. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or visit our website at thegoldenageoforthodontics.com for direct links to both the audio and video versions of this episode.